Mr. Jeff, you bad motherfucker. All right, here we go. Happy New Year, podcast world. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 824 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun show lined up for us. In this episode, I want to talk about starting the new year strong in our grow space. Before I get to that part of the show, I do want to send a big thank you to everybody who supported the Grow From Your Heart podcast, Irie Genetics, Rasta Jeff, or the Irie Army in any way in 2023. Big thank you. I do appreciate all of the support. All right, I feel like I covered the cheesy part of the show. Now let's jump into the main topic of today's podcast. This episode will come out right at the start of the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. I want to talk about setting ourselves up for success in 2024. One of the first things I want to do to start the new year is I'm going to clean my grow space 100%. I'm going to clean every nook and cranny, every inch of the grow space from top to bottom. Then I'm going to clean my nutrient storage and mixing area. Then it will clean my pesticide storage and mixing area. Then it will clean all of the gear. Everything will be shiny and brand new to start the new year. It will take me a little bit of time to do this, but I feel like the time that I spend doing this will probably speed me up over the next few weeks because then I will know where all of my gear is. All the nutrients will be lined up in the right spot. All the mixing stuff will be clean and ready to go. Uh, Sometimes, most of the time, I do try to put my stuff away and clean up after myself and be an organized, good little grow guy, but we all know that sometimes we get in a rush, uh, things get overlooked, things get set in the wrong place, some messes get overlooked for a little bit. Here at the start of the year, I'm going to clean all of that stuff up, reorganize, and I do believe that it will save me time just by reorganizing and cleaning up my mess. Putting in a few minutes now will save me time over the next couple of weeks. So the first thing I'm going to do is clean up my grow space. Now, the second thing I did in my grow space, I've already done this part. I may recommend you do it too if you are using the same type of equipment. It is winter time here in Colorado, which means I am now using HPS lighting in my grow space. I know those lights are old. Those are dinosaurs, but sometimes they work in the right conditions. I've got a basement grow in Colorado. Lately, it has been super cold. And guess what? Those HPS lights are keeping it just right in that grow space. So I just recently hung two HPS lights to keep it warm for the winter conditions. When I hung those HPS lights, I put two brand new bulbs in the fixtures. When I did that, I got a piece of duct tape and I wrote down the date when I put those new bulbs in those uh, fixtures, and now I know exactly when those bulbs were placed in those fixtures. If you are using HPS bulbs and you cannot remember when the last time you replaced them was, I strongly recommend you do it here at the start of the year and make a note of when you put those bulbs in there. I do try to replace those bulbs every two, maybe three crops, but it's a good idea to write down the date when you put those bulbs in there so you know exactly how long they've been in there. Then occasionally bust out your light meter. I don't know if you've got a real light meter. I don't know if you're using the Photone app. Bust out whatever you use. Find a distance from that light that is consistent. Maybe go 12, 18 inches. Just do it consistently every time and take a reading. See how much light that bulb is putting out. If you've lost more than 20 or 30% of the output of that bulb, it's time to swap that bulb because you're paying for 100% of the electricity. If you're not getting light out of that bulb, it is time to switch it out for efficiency. So I would recommend adding new bulbs and writing down the date of when those bulbs were added. Also, if you're running LEDs, 
keep in mind, those lights do degrade over time. The manufacturers don't want you to believe and know that they do degrade, but they definitely do degrade over time. It takes much longer than an HPS bulb, but those LEDs do lose efficiency over time. So maybe think about testing those as well. Start testing those here at the start of the year. Now, I did start the podcast off by saying we were going to clean up the grow space, but let's focus on cleaning everything. I just said that I hung those HPS lights. Those HPS lights have a glass shield between the bulb and the grow space, and the heat is kept in there, and it's moved out by a duct so that heat can never make it into the grow. Now is a good time to clean that glass on those hoods. If you've got hooded uh, lights with glass on there, get in the, turn the lights off, let it cool, and then clean that glass. It is also a good time to clean your air conditioner filter. If your air conditioner has filters, get in there and clean those filters. Also, let's deep clean the dehumidifier. That dehumidifier has probably got some gunk in it. Let's take it all apart and clean it thoroughly. I'm sure you've been doing the mini clean, the quick clean, but let's give it the long clean. Let's take it out of the room, take every component and part out that you can figure out how to take out and clean it very clean and put it in there brand new so that we've got a fresh clean dehumidifier. Also, let's clean up the humidifier. If you're not using RO water, your humidifier and dehumidifier are going to have calcium and other minerals built up in them. Now is a good time to clean those and make them brand new. Now, since we're cleaning all of the equipment, it is also a good time to clean out our reservoirs and all of our watering equipment. I don't know if you've got a giant res. I don't know if you're using a trash can. I don't know if you've got a couple of five gallon buckets. I don't know if you're using a pitcher or a water wand, but however you do it, let's clean up all of our watering and irrigation equipment. I would recommend a product called Fizan 20. Use Fizan 20 as recommended on the bottle. Mix that up and use it to clean your reservoir, your buckets. Uh, also use it to clean your watering pitcher. If you use a watering wand and a pump, you can run the Fizan 20 right through there. Just make sure to rinse and clean everything thoroughly with clean water after using the Fizan. Let's not feed any Fizan 20 to our plants. They will not enjoy that, but it's a great product. It'll make everything smell hospital clean and it will remove all of the pathogens in your watering equipment. So let's clean that up. Like I said, if you got a big reservoir, clean that up. If you got a big trash can on wheels, clean that up. If you're just using buckets, let's clean those up and let's clean up the watering pitcher. If you just got a pitcher, if you're using a water wand, if you're using a pitcher, whatever you're using, let's just clean that up, make it look fresh and clean for the new year. That will also help you mitigate problems in the future. All right, we're talking about cleaning everything. Also, um, I've got perhaps maybe there are cameras in my grow space. When I worked in a commercial environment, we would have to take a day just to go around and clean all of the lenses on all of the cameras. So if you've got cameras in your grow space, get a ladder, get out that cleaning rag, that little microfiber rag, and let's clean the lenses on our cameras so that we can see everything nice and clearly in our grow space when we're trying to creep on our grow when we're far from home and making sure everything is okay. Now that I'm talking about creeping on the grow far from home, let's also make sure that all of our monitoring equipment is calibrated and hung in the right place. Sometimes I'll go into a grow room and I'll notice that the, uh, the sensors for your AC infinity are not in any useful positions. The plants are growing here, they're about this high, and that AC infinity, the little, uh, the sensor piece is way up here. I get that sort of near the plants so that we kind of know what's going on with the plants, right? Make sure that all of your gear is in the right spot and that all of that gear is calibrated. Let's check all the cycles on all of our stuff too. I don't know what kind of uh, programmable controllers you've got, but let's check and make sure that everything is working the way we think it is. Run through your programs, run through your time, make sure everything is set the way you expect it to be. Something might be happening in there that you don't even know about, 
let's just check and verify all of our settings. Now, since we're checking and verifying settings, you know I'm going to talk about it soon in this episode. Let's calibrate all of our testing equipment. That's right, if you've got a pH pen, a big pH meter, a combo meter, let's clean it and calibrate that. I definitely recommend calibrating your pH meter at least once a week. A lot of people will go two weeks, some people will go longer. If you're working with a lot of plants and mixing up a lot of nutrients, you definitely want that meter accurate. So clean and calibrate your pH meters as often as you have time for. The solution is not expensive, it doesn't take much time. Uh, if you do it every other morning, every third morning, at least once a week in your grow, those pens will stay calibrated and it will make a big difference in the way your plants uptake the nutrients if the pH is proper in your feed solution. So right here at the start of the year, let's make it a habit. Let's calibrate our pH pens. Let's clean and calibrate our pH pens. Then let's get a little notebook, get a log and write down today, January 1st, I cleaned and calibrated my pH pins. I also added new bulbs in this one room. We're gonna add a lot more stuff to this little notebook, this journal that we talk about here later in the episode. Let's keep it moving. Let's calibrate our gear, the pH pins. Uh, let's clean them and calibrate them. Also, let's clean our EC meters. If you're using an EC meter, let's clean it because those things will get gunky over time and they work better if they're clean. All right, where do we go from there? Now is a good time to do inventory. Inventory, you might say, yes, we're going to go through a lot of nutrients over the next year. If everything goes our way, we're gonna run a few crops with a lot of plants. We're going to need nutrients. We also are going to need pesticides. Let's go in the grow and see which bottles have been around for too long and may need to be tossed out. These things do expire. Uh, I would not keep nutrients around for more than a year. So if you got some old shit, write that down. I need to replace this bottle. Toss that old bottle, order a new bottle. Pick up all the bottles and give them a shake. What's low? Do you have anything that you need to replace? Check on your nutrients, check on your pesticides, and let's make an order and replace all of the things that we're going to need for the next couple of weeks, maybe the next grow. That way we've got everything on hand. That way there are no surprises. We don't run out of anything through the grow cycle. Set yourself up for success today. Let's plan the whole grow ahead right now while we're thinking about it. Now I did say let's do an inventory of the pesticides and our nutrients. Also, let's think about personal protective equipment. I'm not sure how big your grow is. I don't know your pesticide routine. If you're going to spray frequently, you may need a lot of Tyvek suits. If you only spray every so often, you don't need as many Tyvek suits. Maybe you're not even a Tyvek guy. Maybe you are. I like the suits. It just makes it nice and easy. I can tuck my dreads behind myself and zip it right up into the suit, put on some gloves, some booties, and a mask. I'm ready to rock. Also, speaking of the mask, if you're using ventilation, it may be time to order those new cartridges. If you've got a, a respirator mask, let's replace the 3M cartridges on our mask and on our little log. Let's make a note. I swapped out the cartridges here. Read the package. Let's see how long those cartridges are good for. Uh, I don't remember. I don't want to give you poor advice, but write down when you should change those and then maybe order the extras now so that when it comes time to change the cartridges on your 3M respirator, you've got backup carts ready to go. Let's order a bunch of rubber gloves while we're at it. We're always going to run out of gloves. I go through at least one or two pairs of gloves every day in my grow space. Uh, if I've got a helper, that's another pair of gloves. When you're trimming, harvesting, you go through excessive gloves. Order a box of gloves right now while you're thinking about it and then see how long it takes. I said, see how long, we'll stay focused. See how long it takes you to run through that box of gloves and then order more as necessary. And then you can start to see what it costs and when to anticipate ordering things. I'm trying to get you on top of staying on top of this so that you can get comfortable ordering things before we run out of them. Now, another good thing to think about is 
Have you tested your fire extinguisher? You should have a fire extinguisher near or around the grow space. You should have one in your home anyway. Uh, you never know. You could catch some shit on fire while you're cooking. Uh, you could be taking a dab and cause a problem. There should be a fire extinguisher handy, especially if you're growing. Uh, have you checked on it? Look at that fire extinguisher. It's got a gauge on it. Uh, it's got a little red, a yellow, and a green. If it's not in the green, you need to get that thing charged or replaced right away. Uh, recently, there was a great sale on fire extinguishers. I'm not advertising. Uh, I was at Costco, and I picked up two new fire extinguishers because they were on a really good sale price. I got one that is designed for electrical fires and one that was designed, uh, I think it's just household or all around. I forget the other one. One is specifically for electrical fires. I set that next to the grow space because I anticipate any problem would be caused by electricity in there, right? So I got the one for electrical fires. You get what you feel will best suit your needs, but I recommend a fire extinguisher. I really hope you never need it. I pray to jaw that I never need mine, but I would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. That's just the way I roll. Set yourself up for success is what I'm talking about. Now that fire extinguisher, what else could go uh, well with that fire extinguisher? You say that quickly while you're thinking about nine other things. What else do we need with the fire extinguisher? Possibly a smoke detector. A smoke alarm may be a good idea. The thing about a smoke detector is uh, when that goes off, are you going to be the one that responds to that? Or is it going to be somebody else in your area? Uh, do you have nosy neighbors? Are you in, a par in an apartment building, in a condo? Think about that sort of stuff. We do want to be notified of a fire, but who's it going to notify? Maybe you want to be the only one notified. So think about that. Stay safe, but think about those sorts of things. Now, since we're talking about smoke alarms, that makes me think about a few more security things we can think about. Like I mentioned a moment ago, I do have cameras in my grow space. Um, now is a good time to go reset the passwords on those cameras. If you've got any sort of security system, uh, cameras, or maybe anything that is accessible online through a password, maybe just routinely go and change those passwords. There's a reason why a lot of services do request you to update your password every so often. If it's your security for your grow space, if it's your camera for your grow space, if it's your AC Infinity that you're accessing, maybe go change that password just for peace of mind. Do it often uh, and make sure you document that password when you change it, but go change that password here at the start of the year just to shake off anything that may have followed you. Another thing you can work on implementing or updating here at the start of the year is your integrated pest management system. What have you been doing to keep bugs out of your grow? And what are you going to do to continue keeping those bugs out of your grow here in the future? Now is a very good time to start a spray or a predator bug rotation. How do you want to handle the bugs? Today is a great day to start. Decide which products you want to use, order them, and start applying them uh, together and or in a rotation on your plants on a schedule. Start marking that down on that log or that journal that we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Then start spraying on a rotation. In my personal grows and commercial grows that I'm responsible for, I like to spray on Monday no matter what. If there's no problems, we're going to spray a preventative uh, pesticide application on Mondays. If there's any hint of a problem that pests may be present, we're also going to spray on Thursday. We're going to apply a different product, possibly different products in conjunction on Monday and Thursday. Then we're going to spray again on Monday and Thursday until that problem is knocked down. Then we, we will resume just Monday sprays. But... Work on your rhythm and routine for your pesticide application. Make it regular. 
so that that way those bugs have no chance of getting in there and colonizing. Make sure you're always looking and make sure you're applying pesticides or releasing predators on a regular schedule. Now, speaking of regular schedule, here is something new that I have not talked about a lot uh, that I probably never mentioned in one of these yearly episodes where we set ourselves up for success, but I have recently become very paranoid of hop latent viroid. Um, I've done an episode about it. I am not qualified to teach you uh, in depth about it. So hoplate and viroid is a virus that came from the hops family. That's why it's called hoplate and viroid. But cannabis is hops' very close cousin. So it is transferred over to the cannabis plants. Uh, this virus is, um, you won't even know it's in your plants unless you use lab testing. But what will happen is you'll grow your plant. It'll look totally happy, totally healthy. And then in mid-flower, it will just dud out and start to look weak and bored. Uh, it'll start to look like it's losing energy and it will slowly die in front of you. Uh, plants that used to give you three pounds per light will now give you a quarter pound per light and you'll be disappointed and angry. That is probably hop latent viroid. Uh, it is non-detectable by the human eye. You have got to get a lab test on these plants to detect the virus. So I have become super paranoid of incoming clones, incoming plants, anything that comes into my grow before it makes it to general population. It actually stops right here on this table and I take a testing sample from it and send that to a lab and they test for the presence of hoplate and viroid before that plant ever makes it into one of my grow spaces. One of my new habits that I'm putting into practice here in this year is I'm lab testing every plant before it makes it to the grow. And I am also regularly, that means every six to eight weeks, I am testing plants in my grow to make sure nobody has snuck in any hoplate and viroid along the way. I did start testing my plants recently for HLV, but here at the start of the year, I will be much more scheduled and much more methodical in keeping all of my plants tested for the presence of hoplite and viroid. Maybe that is something you want to implement. Maybe you want to test your plants randomly. Something I definitely recommend is testing any incoming clones. And if you've seen any plants in your grow, they'll look like they're like if you've got 10 plants and two of them are just kind of growing like shit, now is the time to get those tested and see if they have the virus because that virus will spread through your grow rapidly. We can talk a lot more about that on a future episode, but it may be a good time to implement hoplate and viroid testing in your protocol. All right, now so far in this podcast, I feel like I've been talking about physical changes we can make to our grow rooms to set ourselves up for success in 2024. Let's shift gears and talk more about planning and strategy that we can put into place to set ourselves up for success in our grow rooms. Everything successful starts off with a good plan and a solid goal. So let's start by making plans and goals for our grow room. One of the first plans and goals I would put into place is how many harvests do you want to pull from your grow this year? I don't know how many flowering rooms or flowering tents you've got. I don't know how much veg space you've got. But think about how many harvests do you realistically want to pull from your grow space this year? We've got 365 days to work with. If you've got a dedicated flowering room and you put plants in there for 63 days, which is nine weeks, which most plants are finished in about nine weeks, you can probably pull 5.7 harvests from that dedicated flowering room. Now that means there's no downtime. There's not a day of downtime. There are no breaks. Can you make that happen? Can you get that 5.7 harvest from that room? Most people would be happy with five complete harvests from one flowering room in a year. I would be happy with that. If you could get that 0.7 out of there and be halfway through a harvest at the end of the year, that is a big win. But let's think about it now. How many harvests do you want to pull from that room? 
Do you have a dedicated veg space? If you want 5.7 harvest from that flower room, you will need a dedicated veg space to where you can pull down a crop, move plants in the same day and keep going, and then get that veg space active again to where when you pull down that flower room, the veg space goes right back in there. Let's think about how many harvests we want to pull. Realistically, you don't have to do 5.7 per year. This is up to you, and now is the time to think about it. If you've only got one flowering room, do you want to do a perpetual cycle to where you're taking down so many plants uh, every two weeks, every three weeks, every 30 days? Now is the time to start thinking about those plants and put them into place at the start of the new year. Also, I would think about how many plants are going to go into that room or into each tent. How often? Then start thinking about how many mother plants do I need to supply clones for this many flowering rooms this often? Then there's the other thing to think about. Are you going to run clones? Are you going to run seeds? Now is a good time to really start thinking about strategy realistically. Think it takes me this long to veg the plants as big as I want them. The plants I like to run take this long in flower. How do I prepare to always have plants in my flower room and always have plants in my veg room ready to fill those spaces without overloading myself and possibly without going over your legal numbers? Now is a good time to think about that. And the new year is a great time to start a new perpetual project. Also, it may sound wild, but now is a good time to start thinking about your outdoor crop. I know we've got five, six, maybe seven months before we can put plants outdoors in many areas, but it is never too early to start thinking about that outdoor crop. Are you going to run seeds and put those outdoors this year? You could start seeds now in January. You could veg them. You can take a clone from them. You can either flower the clone or the vegged plant. You can sex the plants this way. Find out if they're boys or girls. You can run these plants one time and see what is the keeper phenotype, what would do best outside. You can make that selection, and by March or April, you'll have your decisions made of what should go outside. Then when May or June comes around, you've already got clones prepared. Then you can veg those. Uh, if you start now, you may be able to veg some plants five, six, or seven feet tall if you've got the ability indoors and put them out as monsters when they go outside. And that's how you achieve those big California monster plants that we see on the internet. All right, so now is a good time to start thinking about that outdoor crop that is coming up in six or seven months. Another huge way we can set ourselves up for success in this year's grow is by reflecting on what we did last year. Did you take notes on last year's grow? If it was indoors, if it was outdoors, if you've been growing for many years or just one year or maybe even just one grow, did you take notes? What were you happy with? What were you unsatisfied with? What did you do very well? What do you not do very well? Are you taking notes? Do you know where you can improve? Do you know where you're killing it? Do you know what you can do better? Do you know where you're wasting money? Are you taking notes? Let's take a minute to reflect on last year's grow and see how we can improve this year's crop. I think if we take a minute to identify what our weak point is in the grow space, then we can really improve upon that and then we can really step up our entire game in the grow. Everybody's got one thing they're not good at in the grow. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel embarrassed by it. The thing to do is study that one thing. A lot of people are not good at taking clones. Uh, I've got a very good clone SOP on my Discord. If you join the Discord, I'll show you how to find that clone cutting SOP. Many people find a great success using that clone SOP. So if cloning isn't your game, reach out. We can help you learn to become a better cloner. If drying and curing isn't your thing, study drying and curing. If you don't think you're good at identifying a deficiency in a plant, maybe that's the area you need to do some research in. Then by the end of the year, you'll be the 
deficiency identification expert. You'll walk into a grow and you'll go, that plant needs CalMag. That plant's had too much phosphorus. You're way giving that plant too much nitrogen. Why is it so cold in here? You'll become that guy. Just do a little bit of studying and pick up the knowledge that you need in the area that you are lacking. I will admit that the area I could use the most improvement in is probably understanding lighting. When it comes to Yumel's poor jewel and all those colors and all those graphs, something in my brain doesn't give a shit to learn about that. I care a lot about photosynthesis. I understand nutrients. I understand the, the breeding techniques. I understand a lot of the cycles and processes of the plant. But when it comes to understanding the lighting, my brain doesn't care to learn all of that. So that's probably where I need to do the most improvement is learning about lighting. What's your weak area? I admitted mine. Don't be embarrassed. Let's work on it and get better at it together in 2024. I know everybody's got that one thing that they need to work on, but what else can you improve in the grow? I'm sure there are a few small details. Uh, maybe you're not taking time to clean up after yourself like me. Maybe you're not pHing properly. Maybe uh, you're in a rush on one thing. Maybe you're not paying attention to one detail. Let's take a minute and look at the grow and look at our processes and see what we can improve on. What are you doing in that grow that is just habit? What are you doing that is just ritual? Are the things you're doing in your grow space, in your, uh, in your standard operating procedure every day, when you go in there, you check the room, you look at the plants, you do your thing. I don't know what you're doing in there. We all have our own uh, method to our madness in there. But in your standard operating procedure, does everything make sense? Is there a move in there that you're doing, like I said, that is just a ritual, that is just because? Do you know why you're doing everything that you're doing? You might be able to eliminate certain processes, certain steps, maybe even certain products in your grow if you just take a step back and analyze what you're doing in there day by day in your standard operating procedure. Maybe you're doing something weird because you learned it from your hippie uncle who learned it from his hippie uncle and nobody has any idea why you're doing it. You just heard that it works. Pay attention. Check on that stuff. See if it's some actual stuff or if it's just habit or voodoo or a ritual that is making you feel good. Is it really doing something? Let's also think about the money we're spending in there. Are we being cost effective in the grow? Are all the products you're buying providing some sort of value to the grow? Are they adding some sort of value to the outcome? Also, think about your time in there. Um, I don't think about the time that I'm in my grow as being uh, hours on the clock or uh, part of the cost of growing that product because I love being in there. That's my Zen space. Also, it's been really cold and it's nice and warm in the grow. So if it's middle of the day and I've been out running errands and I come home and I'm fucking freezing, sometimes I just go in the grow and defoliate just to warm up. I'll be in there just doing it. But if you're a working person who is using this grow as part of an income, document your time in there. See where you can streamline your time if you can't be in there all day. I've got the freedom, the ability, the lifestyle to spend as much time as I really want to in my grow with limits, you know. But many people don't have that luxury. Uh, we've got families, jobs, uh, careers, hobbies, relationships, uh, all of the above that keep us busy. So think about the time that you're in there and see if you are making the most of your time in that grow space. Like I said before, if you've got weird rituals or whatever, maybe we can eliminate those and focus and get in that grow and do what needs to be done and get out and even make the grow more efficient by doing so. Now, I did touch on this part several times here in this episode. One thing I definitely recommend if, if you were comfortable with this, if you were in a legal state, if you're in a prohibition area, do this part very carefully, possibly if you choose to do this. But I like to keep a grow journal. Um, I keep a simple notepad in my phone. I use the notes app in my iPhone and I've got little notes that are headlined with each grow space. My grow rooms all have names. 
uh, in each grow room with each name, I've got a different list of notes that I've done in that room. I just keep track of what I've done. Um, hypothetically, we'll say today that I fed that room uh, 10 gallons of water. Then I'd write down each nutrient that I put in that water. I'd write down the pH of the solution. Then I would write down the EC. Then I would water. I'd probably write down the temperature and humidity of the room too as I documented it as I was watering, just making random notes. All of that shit is kept in my AC Infinity little monitor there, but I wrote it down too. So if I want to go look, it's there in my notes. What I fed it, the AC Infinity didn't write down what I fed it. It knew the temp and humidity at a certain time. I wrote down what I fed it. Uh, I wrote down what time I fed it, what date. So if I see a problem in a few days, I can go, well, what did I feed it? And I can look back and I go, oh, I fucked up and gave it too much CalMac. I gave it CalMac two feedings in a row. Didn't need to do that. I see the issue. If I defoliate, I'll write down, I defoliated the room really heavily or really lightly. If I notice something, a small presence of fungus gnats, I'll write that sort of shit down. Um, Don't forget to buy this. I also make myself notes like that. But start a grow journal. Write down, definitely write down the day a clone was cut. Write down the day a seed was germinated. Write down the day that that clone or seed went into dirt. Write down the next day you transplanted that. Write down the day that it went into flower. Uh, Write down the day that you changed the timer. If you make changes, write that down. If I adjust my air conditioner up or down one or two degrees, I write that down. If I change the humidifier, the dehumidifier, I write that down. Everything gets documented so that when I'm looking at the plants and I go, what the fuck happened? I don't wonder what the fuck happened. It's somewhere in the notes. I just got to read and say, oh, on this day, I turned up the fucking air conditioner or I turned down the dehumidifier and everything went to shit three days later. Maybe this has something to do with it. Just save some sort of notes. Give yourself some sort of journal. Set yourself up for success. That way, if you have problems, you can look back and see what you did wrong. But also, if you grow the best weed you've ever grown, you've already got the blueprint. You can do it all over again. Repeat everything you did in the last cycle. So one thing I definitely recommend is keeping a grow journal. You can get many beautiful, great journals on Amazon. If you're the kind of person that writes stuff down, you can get a plain uh, notebook, paper notebook if you want. You can get one of those moleskin journals. You can just use the iPhone. You can use Google Docs, however you want to do it, however you you feel comfortable with in your environment. Like I said, if you're in a prohibition state, those notes may be used against you in a court of law. So be careful with that. But it's safe and legal here in Colorado. We're actually required in a commercial grow. We're required to document all the pesticides we apply. We're required to document defoliation weight. Uh, We even have to document how much trash we take out of the grow space. So just get in the habit of documenting things. It will be good for you if if that is something you're comfortable with in your area. All right, I feel like I've given you a lot of tips and tricks and pointers to set yourself up for success here in the new year in your grow space. The most important part, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is to have fun and enjoy growing. Don't make it stressful. Don't make it burdensome. Don't make it a chore. Uh, Make sure you have fun. Grow from your heart, breed with love, and have a good time in that grow space. I think your final product will uh, reflect the uh, the input that you did in that grow. If you're not there enough, if you're just growing it just to grow it, those plants are going to show you. If you're in there every day giving them love, giving them attention, taking care of them the way that they need it, those plants are going to show you. So give those plants the love that they deserve. Give them the care that they deserve. If you're anxious, nervous, having a bad day, uh, maybe you got some road rage from traffic. Maybe you're having a a fight with your big brother. Maybe your cousin uh, stole your shoes. I'm just making shit up. If something went wrong and you're not Uh, physically, mentally, spiritually right, maybe don't go in there and spread that stress to the plants unless 
going in there does give you that feeling of relief. My grow space is my Zen space. Uh, the air conditioner and the blower is so loud in there that I can't hear you if you're talking anyway. Uh, I don't pay attention to the phone very much when I'm in there, so I can't hear shit. I'm just zoned out listening to the blowers, listening to the fans, watching the leaves rustle. That is my Zen space. So don't think about stressful, negative shit when you're in the grow space. Don't think about your wallet. Don't think about how much money this crop is going to be worth when it's harvested. Don't think like that. Think about how good people are going to feel when they consume this product that you put your time, your energy, your love, and your care into. That is the rewarding part of growing good ganja. So like I said before, grow from your heart and breed with love and put love and care into your garden and it will reflect back at you. You'll have a beautiful harvest if you put that love and care into it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, old school listeners, new followers, new supporters. I want to give a big thank you to each and every one of you for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I look forward to putting out more quality content in 2024. Can't stop, won't stop. Thank you for all the listens and support. I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Make sure you check out my website, iregenetics.com. There's a link to uh, the Discord. You can join the Discord server. There's a link to the Patreon campaign where you can support the show. There's a link to iRedirect where you can buy seeds. And soon, the link to the merchandise store where you can buy shirts, hats, and more merch will be updated very soon. Make sure you check out iregenetics.com. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, please do send me an email. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. That's all I've got for you. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great, safe new year. Kick ass in 2024. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Chad Westport. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Big up yourself every time, Rasta Jeff. Sit back, hug them up, we relax. Hold up.